0: Hey, you guys, we're back with an episode. It's been a little while, but we're so excited to be back. And this week, we have a really special guest. I'm going to let Lily introduce her.
1: Hi, guys. Welcome back. Um, so this week, we have a really cool guest. And honestly, it was all God. And it was it's such a cool story. But our guest's name is Alicia. And we actually met over social media. A total coincidence, but I know that it was ordained by the Lord so that we could end up all having a nice conversation today. But... Yes, her name's Alicia, and she lives in Denver, and she actually runs an account called Adorned Women. You may follow it on Instagram, um, but she also has a podcast of her own, but I will let her introduce herself and we will get started. So would you like to introduce yourself, Alicia?
2: Yeah, like she said, my name's Alicia Cardi, and I live in Denver uh, in Colorado. And yeah, Adorned Women is sort of the podcast ministry that has just been kind of this recent development in my life like it's really so new I still don't even feel like that's part of my life but (laughs) yeah that's it's been a really cool story of how God led me into that but um, uh, it's really just one more step in what I would say is kind of this I like to describe my life as an ongoing series of moments where I'm holding on to something and then God tells me it's time to let go of that and surrender it to him. And so that's that's really what I want to talk about today. But Adorned Women is just an extension of that and that story, but um just such a small small part of the picture that God is building in my life right now.
1: That's amazing. I I am excited to just hear your heart and I'm so excited that even though we're basically across the country from each other, that we get to talk about how much we love Jesus. <laughs>
0: Yes, I'm really excited to hear about the topic of surrender just from your life and then relate it back to our life as well. But then also at the end, like just hear a little bit more about Adorn Women and how that came to be.
1: So before we truly dive in, we wanted to ask you the question we asked all our guests. Um, So the question is, what would you tell your BC self, your before Christ self?
2: Yeah, so I've heard a few other people answer this question with you guys. (laughs) And I was thinking about it and I was like, well, I accepted Christ when I was six years old. So before that, you know, it's not like I have this, you know, sometimes I will really think of it like, uh, like a handicap. I don't have this really cool testimony of, you know, here was my life. And then Christ came and it just radically transformed. Um, but it's been a bit more gradual, a gradual maturation of my faith and just development of my relationship with him. Um, but I would say if I could switch the answer a little bit to what I would tell maybe my younger self um, in Christ I would probably um, just say you know what it's okay this is really personal but it's okay to be an introvert (laughs) like I know that doesn't apply to everybody but I feel like it was such a such a major um, flaw I saw in myself to be shy and to be quiet and just Mm -hmm. stick to myself all the time growing up Um, you know there's nothing wrong with these people but I would show up to church and go sit by myself somewhere and someone would come up and talk to me and I would feel like I don't want to talk to them. Am I a bad person? (laughs) It's like, you know, I've learned that God gifted me with a unique set of gifts. And part of the way he made me was as an introvert, as a shyer person, as the more, um, you know, into my, like in my thought life and that kind of thing. And it's just a different way that God has made me and it has its own set of gifts, but there's not that. And so that's definitely what I would (laughs) reassure myself, my younger self in Christ. Yes. As
0: an introvert, I get that. I get it. When we're with those extroverts, it's like, step back a little bit. I need (laughs) need to warm up to you. So with the topic that you mentioned, what led you to want to talk about it?
2: Yeah. So part of it comes back to kind of this life verse I adopted towards the end of high school. Um, It was Proverbs 16.9 which says the heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Mm -hmm. And I kind of adopted that verse in high school, knowing that I'm a huge planner at heart and (laughs) knowing it was going to be hard for me to let God kind of lead the way and establish my steps. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know, there's like some sort of little disconnect in that. I made that my life verse at high school thinking like, okay, you know, I'm going to make one decision on where to go to college. That's going to be the Lord. And then after that, it's going to be smooth sailing. Everything's going to go the way I want to. I don't know what I was thinking, but there's really, really since that end of high school. And then to the present day, I I graduated three years ago from college. So um, for the last several years, there's been this just ongoing theme throughout my life where it's, yeah, I surrendered my life to Christ, but there's little things that I will grasp onto. And You know, I feel like the older you get, the more things you have to hold on to and the more things God has to ask you to give it back to him. But I'm so thankful I made that verse, kind of my life verse that long ago, so that it would come back to mind and I would realize, okay, it's time to do it again. It's time to do it again. So I really just wanted to share a few of those stories and share kind of my journey as, um, as a follower of Christ who decided in general to follow Christ, but has had to make those decisions along the way over and over and over again to renew that commitment and say, okay, yeah, really, (laughs) again, everything is yours.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love that verse. I've always gone back to it. And I love how you mentioned um, college. Because I think a lot of times when we're like getting ready to go to college, it's like, that's like one of the biggest first choices we have to make. And when we include the Lord in that, we're like, okay, like we've gotten past the first hurdle. And we're kind of like, okay, this this isn't too bad. We got it. And then we get into it and we're like, oh, like (laughs) There's just more to go off of with it. So I'm excited about this.
2: Yeah. So to take to give you a little bit of background on myself, I guess, I'm a huge swimmer at heart. I still swim to this day. That plays a big part in my story just because it was my life growing up, and it was my life all the way through college, and that's one of the big things God had to take down and pieces here and there. But, yeah, like I said, I was I accepted Christ into my heart when I was six years old, and so I always had this kind of understanding like, okay, yes, I follow Christ. I, my talent comes from him. I had that basic understanding pretty young, which I'm thankful for. And then I always kind of had this picture in my head of like, okay, I have to glorify God through my talent and in this certain way that I pictured. And that all, you know, that kind of, <laughs> there's a whole other story before we get to the first one. I actually <laughs> want to tell today, but yeah, I had a huge identity kind of based in swimming. And so that was a lot of what was driving my college collegiate decision that like you mentioned that first big decision I think I had to make as -hmm. as an individual and so going into college I was recruited for swimming and you know there was definitely growing up there's a part of me you know like every little kid who wants to go to the Olympics I wanted (laughs) to go to this cool college and like this big name college and um, you know make it to all these cool meets and stuff like that and so I had this sort of desire to go to a college that had a certain reputation with it and as I came up to that point of making the decision you know like a lot of people kind of find you know I wasn't as good as hoped and so I had less of um, less of the opportunities that I was hoping I would when it came time to decide but I did have this really significant split decision In my mind it was between rice university and liberty university and rice (laughs) university was really close to where i grew up in houston so that was a that was a good option because it was close to home Um, they had a really good program and i mean you know you hear rice university and it's on par with iu league schools it's like Mm -hmm. yeah you're smart we're going there like athletically too they're really solid and so i was like yeah if i go to rice like everybody will know like (laughs) i'm cool (laughs) <laughs> i've got I've got like I've got both the brain and i've got the um the physical ability uh and then on the other hand, there's Liberty University and world's largest Christian school I had never heard of it, and wow. my conception of a Christian school was like okay, if they're Christian, they're not good at sports yeah. <laughs> so I didn't want to go and like I don't know to me. I was just kind of like prideful in that sense at that age where I was like I didn't want to go to like Christian school (laughs) like so it was it was a that one was a pride decision I think because what ended up happening was I did go to Liberty and I I realized when I visited Rice it was completely in the other direction from what I wanted to do what I want how I wanted to grow in college and Liberty was right on track with what I wanted but it was really cool because I was standing there, it was probably like five minutes after I arrived on campus for my visit with Liberty. I was like standing in the college bookstore and I was like, this is where I'm going to college. And it was funny because I hadn't done anything. Like I was there for a whole weekend. Um, Like the coaches were going to show me around and I was going to visit classes and all this stuff. I had only visited Rice. And so I didn't really have a whole lot to go off of. But in the first five minutes, it was just like, I knew it was from God. It was like, this is where you're going. Mm -hmm. And it was like, In that moment, when I knew it was from God, it was not hard at all to (laughs) surrender like the just everything else I thought I wanted. It was like, okay, wait, 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 this is it. Like, I know this is it. There's no better feeling than just like knowing that, you know, that that's it. Mm -hmm. So I think that was such an important moment that I look back on a lot and at each decision I come to because not all of them were that easier, that clear. But it was such an important moment for me to realize like, okay, God is here. And he has an opinion. <laughs> God has an opinion on what I do with my life. Like, it's not just the, you know, don't sin. Like, going to Rice was not a sin, you know. But he had he had this path for me yeah. that yeah. was specific to my life. And I couldn't, you know, flip open the Bible and read a verse that says, Alicia Cardi goes to the Liberty <laughs> Universe. But it was like a very distinct no- knowledge that God wanted me to go this, this direction with my life. And so that I needed to surrender the other idea mm-hmm. and just say, okay, God, I trust you. And so that was the first big one. And then they just kept getting bigger from there. Uh, I went throughout college and I definitely, it was one of the biggest um, opportunities for growth in my life. And, you know, I haven't been through a whole lot of life since then, but it was definitely a huge uh, development in my life. And as I went throughout my collegiate years, um, you know, that's where I met my current husband. And it's also Aww. where I started. <laughs> yeah, that's whole <a> other <laughs> story. But that's where I started to transition from um, I, my identity as a swimmer to what I desired, identity as a coach. So that was wow. the thing. It's like, yeah, swimmer at heart. And then after that, I knew I wanted to be a coach. Like that wow. was the life. <laughs> that was what I wanted to do with my life. I had grown up. So here, I had it all planned out, right? I had grown up with a family that we lived in the same house my entire life. Um, parents, they had one job, kind of not any major changes there. Um, I knew personally what I wanted to do growing up. I knew what I wanted. I was a homebody and I just like, that was it. Like I had the plan. I was going to be a coach. I was going to find a good team and then stay in one spot my entire life. And that was going to be good. <laughs> and that was how God used me. And so I'm not... know i'm not gonna say that it was because of the relationship but god used this relationship with my current husband then boyfriend to force me to look at god and say okay do i really trust you god in this because here's the thing (laughs) my husband was totally opposite from me and so (laughs) as we started dating i was like okay this is cool and everything and then as we got more serious i was like okay hang on if i continue down this road I could see it like the way that my life is going to look is nothing like the life I thought it was going to be like at all. (laughs) And um, I'll get into a little more of the details as I get into the other stories as well. But in this moment, I remember it was it was unique, too, because I was in a hotel room. I was at a swimming away from away from home, away from college, and I was in a hotel room by myself. And it just all of a sudden like hit me and I knew this was like a decision point, kind of like the decision point in college of of choosing the college. And it was a decision point of, do I trust that God can fulfill me with a life that doesn't look like the life I chose and planned for myself? Right. And it was, it was like a decision, like I say, wrecked me. Like I was (laughs) sobbing. It was a decision that really, really it hit me to my core of like, this is a big decision. I'm like, do I trust God to take me and put me somewhere and in some sort of activity and with some people that I didn't see myself ever being with or in. And so ultimately at the end of that kind of wrestling with God moment, I came to the decision of like, okay, yes, God, I do trust that you can fulfill me even if I don't. Even if I didn't plan <laughs> the way that you're gonna lead me, right. even if I didn't expect, yeah, and in that it wasn't like I was specifically choosing something in that moment. In a way, I was sticking on with my current boyfriend rather than breaking up with him and being like, <laughs> "Never mind, <laughs> forget that." Um, but really, I was choosing God in that moment and choosing to surrender my plans once again, my plans to Him. Mm-hmm. I had mm-hmm. somehow forgotten that they would go beyond my college pick. And so, yeah, that was a really big um important moment in my life and I really think that set me on the trajectory I'm on today and and fast forward, um we were getting ready to get married after college. We were in our final semester, he had proposed and so we were going to get married after college and it was super exciting and here's the thing. I mean, I had I was on board. I knew what I was getting into. <laughs> I thought, you know, okay, maybe this will be like several years down the road. I'll have to have one of those hard moments where I do something I don't want to. Um, No, right before we get married, I had done all this work preparing to stick around for another year doing grad school with Liberty, um, assistant coaching with the team I had swum with for four years. I had all these plans. I interviewed. I had prepared. Everything had been going since the fall semester. We get to late March, early April of the spring semester, (laughs) and my then-fiancé says, what do you think about leaving and moving to another city? <laughs> I was oh. like, okay, why? <laughs> and he was like, well, you know, I just, I would love to do real estate. I would love to drop out and do real estate and just um this city isn't the best place for it. And so, yeah, details don't matter. The point was I <laughs> was like, okay, all right. I guess we're going for this already. And it was in that moment that it really dawned on me. And it was another one of those moments where I had to surrender and it came up real quick, <laughs> but it, <laughs> It was dawning on me in that moment that, okay, if I live with somebody like that, who can make a decision like that, that quickly, I might not be living in the same place like I wanted to for long periods of time. And this was a big concern to me because like I said, I wanted to be a coach. And a lot of my reason for wanting to be a coach was that I wanted to make a difference in people's lives. Like I loved the coaches I had growing up, they had such a great influence on me and I fully believed like God could use me as a coach to really change lives and save people and, um, you know, work through me to do those things. And so I was like, but that kind of thing takes time, you know, like I'm not going to be like a Billy Graham go preach and then people are going to and run and be saved, but I'm going to need time as a coach to like really invest in these people and get to know them. And like, if we keep moving all the time, how am I going to do that? And it was a really, this was a really unique, One, because somebody really spoke into it. one of my teammates, I was kind of voicing these concerns in the moment. And like, I was on board with it because, you know, I trust husband is the head of the family and we weren't yet married, but we were about to be. And I was like, you know, I'll go, I'll go along with that. And there's nothing, there's nothing that says I I can't go along with that. But I was like voicing these concerns. And she said, well, I specifically said, you know, what if we're only in one spot for two years at a time before we move? I was like, I don't. That just feels like no time at all. And one of my teammates, younger than me, she was like, "Well, Alicia, I've already known. I've only known you for two years, and you've already made a huge difference in my life." And that was like, that was like such a God thing because it it stuck it stuck with me all these years. And it's really, it it felt like a reassurance directly from God of like, don't worry, I can use you, and no matter no matter what kind of time it is, Mm -hmm. no matter how long you're there or what kind of role you're in, I can use you still. So don't worry. And so that was, like, a big moment where I surrendered that aspect of, okay, I surrendered my general idea of life to him. I surrendered my, kind of my pride, my reputation to him. I surrendered my idea of um, just, like, yeah, the path of life. And then I had to surrender my idea of how long it takes to be used by God, really. Mm-hmm. I had to surrender that specific idea in that moment. Um, and then the next... The next major one was just a couple months later when I was looking for jobs because now my (laughs) prospects were wide open and I had no idea what to do with myself. And, you know, I knew what I wanted to do. But by that point, you know, you're asking around like, okay, can somebody take me in the next two months? (laughs) Anything open? And the short answer was no. So all my coaching prospects went out the door immediately as soon as we decided to move at the end of that summer. And so um, we were looking to move to Cincinnati and I was like, okay, we're moving to a new city. I have zero prospects as a coach there Um, and I need to make money because my husband, like I mentioned, he was doing real estate, which is not a front end kind of return. And so I was like, okay, God, what do I do? And it was funny because what arrived at my doorstep almost literally fell into my lap was maybe the job I least expected, but a job in ministry, okay, from FCA. I don't oh, know if you got that. That's what fellowship yeah, I mean. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The fellowship of Christian athletes. I somehow, like, oh. won't get into the details, but it basically fell into my lap of a position with FCA. And I was like, that's not what I pictured at all. And I, once again, had to go through this process with God of like, okay, God, you're literally, I don't, I know I said I would follow you, but you're stripping kind of everything away from what <laughs> I thought I would be. And it was this time it was making the decision to surrender my idea of being used by God as a coach. It was like, yeah, I was still associated with coaches, but it was a totally different role. And it was ministry like obviously I love ministry. I think ministry is great, but I never saw myself, especially, you know, I mentioned I'm an introvert. I never saw myself as being the kind of person who's like, yeah, let's go get things started. Let's get these groups going. Let me, you know, connect with all these people. And it was, it was clearly God. And so I just had to make the decision, like, am I going to go with this choice that doesn't make sense to me, but it's clearly God? Or am I, am I going to go with like, what I feel like is right? but it's clearly not God. (laughs) So ultimately, yeah, I went with the choice that was clearly God. And it was, I'm really, really thankful for that one because that one, ultimately, this is a really cool thing. Ultimately, God gave me the opportunity to coach. Um, He was providing me with an income through FCA, but at the same time he gave me an opportunity where I walked into a team and was able to coach with them as a volunteer and got that same opportunity to be used by God in that position But while I was doing it, I never had this identity as a coach and God had broken that in me before I even started, which I'm so grateful for, because I know a lot of Christian coaches can get caught up in that, like being a coach first, but I was a servant of God first and a coach second and really not even a coach second, just like whatever role I had second, I was a servant of God first and then God could use whatever was around me or whatever I was in. Um, to bring glory to himself. And so that was super cool to, I guess, realize and learn very quickly at the beginning of a career like that. Um, And so all of these lessons that I had learned gradually led me to this place where, and this was kind of the big one, in the summer of 2021, just last summer, God pretty much led me and my husband to leave everything it was it was literally out of Genesis 12 when I'm telling you like <laughs> Abraham's call. It was literally like God led us both in unity to say it's time to leave here and go somewhere else. We don't know where we're going, but we're going to leave everything and just wow. follow God. And the things that God God had brought me to surrender and keep a like loose grip on allowed me to be able to say yes to that almost immediately. And it's it's just like... <laughs> crazy how he's worked since then and I am at a point now where I think I am like the most surrendered I've ever been to God's will for my life and I'm sure there's gonna be something else that comes up soon but I like just cannot I cannot fathom how drastic the change is from where I am right now to kind of the me that was in high school my relationship with Christ there the surrender that I had to go through to get to this point um but the value of the relationship with Christ in this spot is just so—it's—it's it's just not even comparable to anything else. It's—it's it's not an easy journey. There are definitely many, many days where I'm like, you know what? How about I just not surrender to you anymore? And do something easier because it is hard. There's plenty. There's attacks from myself. There's attacks from the outside, and right. I it's it's really, it's coming back to again and again and again and saying, okay, yes, I'm still committed. I'm still committed. But um, each of those moments of surrender, I don't regret one bit. And they were at the time, like the biggest moments of my life because they were sacrificing what I had internalized as myself. But it really gives me this, like really strong understanding of that. We are a new creation.
1: Mm-hmm. And what I've learned
2: through each of those moments is that, there's, you know, it takes time. Yes, we're a new creation in the moment that we are saved, but it takes time to be molded and shaped and sanctified, and each of those comes with a choice because it's not like you accept Christ and you decide to follow Him and then from there on out you lose your free will. It's like you still have a choice to make every single time. Ask that God asks you to do something in obedience or to do something in faith. Yeah. But I cannot, I can't underestimate or I can't understate, I guess just how important it is to engage in those moments of surrender and to say yes to God each and every single time, because being on the other side of it, even though it's scary in the moment is just so rewarding. And so, um, so cool to see, and you know that God is using you for his purposes and not your own. And that is something that I wouldn't trade for anything. None, none of the decisions I've made.
1: Wow. That's That's an amazing story. Thank you for sharing all that. Wow.
0: (laughs) That's crazy because I went into college thinking I was going to do one thing. um, And I had like jobs prior and internships during college. And I thought I was going to be graduating in May and I ended up adding another major. And now I'm going into ministry with my church here. And he beautifully wrecked all the plans I thought I had. And it's even like an internship where I'm support raising. So I'm really surrendering myself in the form of financial and it's something I've never done. But even now, and I'm just starting, like, seeing how he's provided, I, I don't have words to really describe it because it's so beautiful to see how he he masters the plan even before we even think there's something to go on. That is just crazy. So thank you for sharing that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Probably one of the hardest um and I didn't I didn't really mention this as a moment of surrender because it was less of a, a decision prompted by outside things, but more like prompted by scripture and just learning more about God. But I think probably the ultimate moment of surrender has come when I read in John 21, chapter 21. That's kind of the account of Jesus post being risen from the grave. And he talks specifically with Peter. And the more famous part of it is where, You know, it's that parallel of Peter denying Jesus three times. And then Jesus asking him, Peter, feed my sheep three times, essentially. And that always gets recognized. But then at the end of that passage, Jesus has this really crazy statement. And this was such a big eye opener for me when I read this because of the time I read it. And I'll explain after I read the verse. But it says, I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go but when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. And I, I'd read this passage many times before, but I just happened in this, this was this past fall. I just happened to read it while I was learning about the persecuted church. And I was reading this book of, of, of several accounts of Christians who had been martyred for their faith. And it's, It struck me as I read these stories of just how in human terms, meaningless these deaths were like, I don't, I don't mean any disrespect to those individuals, but if we look at it in human terms to see someone accept Christ and then six days later be tortured and killed for their faith, like what a meaningless death. They never did anything. They didn't die in some heroic way. They were denied everything. They were denied life for a simple decision they made. They never even got the chance to share it. And it's, it was crazy to me reading those accounts and then reading this passage where Jesus says, Peter, you're going to die a terrible death. And I like the, the little addition in here, which, where it says, Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Mm-hmm. So even his death was a specific type of death to glorify God. But then Jesus finishes with, follow me. Like Peter had been following him this whole time, and he was clearly committed to Christ. You know, besides that, denying him three times, but he was clearly committed. And then Jesus says, "Even your death is going to be this. Follow me." And it was this crazy. There was a lot of things that clicked for me in that passage. But one of them was that Peter, just like I had experienced, got this next moment where he had to choose again to follow Jesus. He had been following him, but he got to choose again. Jesus extended the invitation again, follow me. And then the other thing that clicked was that it was like a personal question to me when I read these words. It was like Jesus was directly getting my attention and saying like, if your life was to be meaningless in the eyes of people, or if your death was to be meaningless in the eyes of people, would you still follow me? that wasn't that was that hit deep another one of those like wrecked moments where i was like yeah i mean i even as i've surrendered all these things i still have this conception of what equates to a meaningful life lived for god mm-hmm. and i even have a conception of how i would like to die you know i i would not like to have peter's death or a mother's death or right. things like that but it was like jesus invites us he invited me Like, walk in my path for you. If you're walking in my path for you, then everything you do will glorify me. But if you do, be aware that to the rest of the world, it might look meaningless. And to the rest of the world, it might look tragic or it might look Mm -hmm. just pointless. Or the world might not even see it.
1: You (laughs) might die alone.
2: Like, you don't, like, so it was crazy to me to read that and to have that finally click personally and directly for me of like, okay, even then, do I still follow Jesus? Do I still surrender my idea of what makes meaning in life? And that was a hard one. But yeah. um, I think that's like the biggest, biggest one so far. I mean, it's the most recent. And yeah, it's definitely something that made me think. And I've, I've tried to share it with people since then of like, I mean, it comes back to Luke 14, 25 through 33. That's the passage of the cost of discipleship of like, you got to give up everything. And I was like, wow that really is everything that made me think and like would you really go that far would you really spike whatever kind of perception you think people would have of your life for Jesus because we don't realize how important that is to us until we think about it and we're like would I make the decision to follow Christ if six days later I was going to be tortured and murdered Mm -hmm. like it's a big decision yeah
1: yeah it's a huge concept it's a huge thing to even try to fathom but I think it's so important and I think I love that you share that because even you experiencing that on your own with the Lord, like, and you sharing it with us, like that allows us to think about that question too. And and I think it's just so important to reflect on those things of how, you know, is it worth it? And, and the answer most definitely, you know, is yes. And I think that, I mean, it is crazy to think that to the world, anything, any kind of ministry you're in, anything you're doing that isn't following the world's path, um, you know, it may seem meaningless. Like what what we're doing on this podcast might seem meaningless to some people, but we've always said here that, you know, if Boldly Created were to stop today, um, that it would have been worth it just for reaching one person and or maybe one person becoming saved. Um, and I think that we really try to follow that just because that's the heart of this and it's, it's so important. Um, Yeah, I I love that. And thank you for sharing that. I'm going to continue to just reflect on that because that was just so amazing.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's a big thing to think about for sure. Mm -hmm, Definitely. (laughs) What is the Lord teaching you right now in the season that you're in? You know, right now, I almost today felt like a hypocrite coming on here because I was like, I'm having a terrible day. (laughs) I'm having a terrible like time and I am not right with God. You know, I've had some time to get right with him since thinking that thing, but Lately, it's been really hard and what God has been teaching me is kind of two things. <laughs> and I think the second thing is because I didn't want to spend a lot of time on the first right now because it's still a little sensitive. But the first thing is just like any any bitterness that you harbor in your heart is something that is a seed of far worse. And I think um, it really hit home for me when I was reminded of the passage of Cain and Abel and where, you know, at first, it's simply just bitterness. And then God warns Cain that sin is crouching at your door, desiring to take ownership of you. And Cain doesn't heed that warning and continues to allow the bitterness to grow, and at least the first murder. And so, me personally, you know, it's not a story I'll get into, but personally, just feeling some bitterness lately. And just not wanting to deal with it. Like I know God can take it and God can heal it, but I'm like not, I don't want to deal with it right now. I don't want to let go of that. I don't want to go through the process of having to humble myself and work through that with you. Like, but he's, he's taught me like, well, okay, but it affects your relationship with me. It reflects your affects your relationship with your husband. Mm -hmm. It affects your relationship with others around you. Mm -hmm. It affects everything. And Sin is crouching at your door, wanting to take ownership of you. So that's kind of a heavy thing he's been teaching me lately. But like I said, you know, I'm still human and I'm working through that. Mm -hmm. And I haven't, you know, instantaneously been like, all right, let's go. Let's get rid of that. And so I'm kind of like, God, can I just set that aside for a little bit? And something I've learned is, you know, we have the freedom to do that. There's no guilt. There's Mm -hmm. no condemnation. It's like, okay, I'm not ready to handle this. Yes, would, would giving it to God and being willing to work through it be better ultimately probably but like right now it's just so sensitive i just need to set that aside right now and so that is kind of the second thing is that it's okay to set that aside and to say that's really sensitive like god if if there's a way to make that easier on me if you can bring somebody into my life that can help me with that if you can you know just set things in motion that make that easier for me right now it's just really really hard can we can we like look at something else right now Mm -hmm. and then You know, it's not he just left me. It was like, come back to me when you're ready to talk about it. It was like, okay, here's something else. I'll show you something else. And so that's been it's just like a reminder of how tender God is. And he's not he's not this strict, harsh dictator, but he's my father. He's my loving father. He's my friend. And he wants to lead me gently into the right path. And he's patient with me and he is loving with me and he is merciful and shows me grace. And so I think those are some really important things he showed me lately.
0: Yeah. Thank you for being like honest about that. Cause you could have, you know, just said something out of thin air. And mm-hmm. uh, I think it's really important and bold that you were able to say like, I'm not doing okay today. And that's what it is. But the Lord still loves me because he loves me every day, every time, no matter what I'm feeling. And I, I mean, I think that's going to really help somebody out there. It helped me because I understand like I'm going through stuff too. And it's sometimes it's, you know, easier to be like, yeah, I'm good. Like this mm-hmm. is what the Lord's teaching me and it's all upbeat and happy. But like, your faith and your relationship with the Lord isn't always rainbows and butterflies. Like it's the valleys too. And those are sometimes hardest, but also the most beautiful because you come out of it with even more love and appreciation and awe of who the Lord is.
1: Thank you so much for just sharing everything that you've shared today. I think we all three have just, learned things from today and just been able to just stop and talk about Jesus and how good he is and how he's our perfect father everywhere all the time. And, um, but we did, before we switched over to flavor of the week, we wanted to hear more about adorned women and how it came to be and how the Lord's working through it right now and just all the good stuff about it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's quite a story as well in itself. It really, it originates all the way back in May of 2021. So almost a year out from when that sort of started. But I think like some of the most important things about that story are that first of all, I did not put myself in that place. You know, I think a message I got a lot in college, especially, and I'm sure you get this throughout the rest of your life too, but it's like connections are so important like you need to make connections and you need to be so intentional about all this networking and stuff mm-hmm. but it's like we follow Christ like he does the networking for us like that's right I don't I don't know again introvert me was like you know if I can get a free ride from Jesus on this <laughs> one, I'll, I'll take it but I did not do anything to get myself into this position it really just it was all God shaping it and it was responding to him in the ways that he asked me to and then letting it letting it go and letting him take the, take the wheel (laughs) whenever it was not, it was not being asked of me to do something. And so a funny aspect of this story is that it really started to take shape um, right after my husband and I responded to that call from God to leave what we were doing. So I left FCA, I left the coaching I was at two years to the day. Um, Since moving to Cincinnati, we left which was a funny bit of irony as well to me. But um, as soon as we left that, uh, sort of this this thing started taking shape and it, it really had no shape to begin with. We were like, okay, we have some ideas here. We want to share stories of women who follow Christ. Well, we don't know exactly what that looks like. And there was just a lot of conversations happening and a lot of stuff going on. And I was looking at it kind of like, well, this is sort of taking shape. And I had had some roles in, Helping it to take shape, but I didn't see a role for myself in it moving forward. Which is funny now because it's a podcast that I host, and it feels <laughs> like it feels like there's definitely a role for me now. But when it was starting to take shape, there was that didn't really exist. And the interesting thing was while these conversations were taking place and, and adorned women was starting to take shape, I was in this online grad school program, and I had started I had started it because I really did want to. Do grad school, and um, I I took uh, my grad program in like coaching, it was coaching and athlete development because again, still loves coaching, and so I was like not giving up on this online grad school program, and but it had been sort of starting to nag at me, and my husband sort of helped me see this. It was nagging at me that this was really my own thing, like that that program was not something God had put into my life. It was something that I had been like, I want this. This is mine. I'm going to do it. Part of it was pride. Part of it was just like, you know, clinging to the past and things like that. And I was coming to this point where I was like, okay, I feel like God is asking me to give this up. And there were several reasons I really didn't want to, again, surrender. (laughs) But I was finally just like, okay, this is beyond a shadow of a doubt. God telling me not to do this anymore. I just need to give it up. And I did you not like as soon as I gave it up, a few days later, this role appeared. Suddenly Adorned Women just exploded into like perfect shape and I knew exactly what I was gonna be doing wow. with it. And it was gonna be a podcast and all this stuff took off and immediately I like it was funny, like I just immediately had work to do and defined role and things like that. And mm. I was like, Okay, well, you might have been waiting on me to quit grad school so I had time to do this. Wow, um, but yeah, from there, I would say that was kind of early October, mid-October, when I finally saw a well-defined role, um, and from there, kind of developed it and worked with worked with several others to really develop this into what it is, but the, the passion that was laid on our hearts, and it's interesting because Adorned Women is actually the sister project of a men's ministry that's called
1: 365 oh, Christian Men.
2: Wow. Yeah. So it's um, the men came first, and so the heart behind that, and the heart behind the women's project, was really um, kind of that Hebrew verse in Hebrews that talks about we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, so we should run the race, you know, mm-hmm. throw off everything that entangles us and run the race well. And so it was, it was intended to share stories of other believers, past and present, who are running the race well, and who are these cloud of witnesses around us that encourage us to keep going well because we're not alone, and you know, we're. Just We're all team. We're all a family. And so it's really story based. It's testimony based. And I absolutely love doing it because I get to hear these unique stories. Um, we have a really big heart for the global church. And so we try to get stories from women all over the world and wow. share those. Get those out there. We want to connect with women all over the world. <laughs> right now, we're thinking through, okay, how do we get over this language barrier? Because <laughs> mm. we only do English stuff right now, but we're really looking for ways that God wants to expand into other languages. And so, yeah, this whole concept came about because we have a heart to um, just share testimonies with the world. You know, teaching is so great, and I love teaching. I feel like God gifted me with teaching myself, but um, with Adorned Women, it really felt like this is not a teaching ministry. This is a connecting ministry. This is a testimony-driven ministry. And I mean, I'm right alongside anybody else who thinks it's doing great things. I'm like so excited (laughs) about what it can do. For, for the church and just connecting believers from all over the world, connecting sisters in Christ from all over the world. We're looking for, you know, right now it's mainly a podcast. We're looking for other ways that um, we can share just those testimonies and get those stories out there because I think it's so powerful. Like story is incredible. I know I'm a big story person. I love hearing stories. I love telling stories, but it's just such a unique way to connect. And it it really transcends culture. That's what I'm finding. I'm talking to women from countries all over the world, (laughs) Africa, Asia, Europe, and North America. And so all these stories, I'm like, I relate. (laughs) I relate to that. I get that. And it can be a different context, a different background, a different, just all sorts of different things can be going on. But the story itself and the emotions and the struggles and the fears and the joys and the hopes, they're all like, we're all connected in that. And the biggest thing we're all connected in is our love of God and our mm-hmm. um, our desire to surrender to his will and follow Christ. It's it's just such a joy to have those conversations, to hear those stories, and then to take away inspiration from that and say, okay, she did this. I can do that. Like, And not just like she did that and I can do this, but her relationship with God is this. My relationship with God can be that. Mm-hmm. I think that's okay. the most important thing that we like to impart. But I mean, there's nothing, I'm I'm sure you can relate. There's nothing more to say than it's a God thing. (laughs) Yes. We brought it together and it's a response. It took a response of obedience from me, from the others who are working on it, but um, God ultimately has
1: drawn it together and continues to move it forward. I love that. I love that story. I know that we completely relate to that. And um, I, first of all, a little backstory on how we even came to Find each other on social media. She had commented on one of my photos, and I thought, "Oh my goodness, what what is this account?" And I checked it out, and I saw just how similar you were to us. And just first of all, that you know, you had Jesus content. You know, that's always a, a perk. And I reached out to her, and I said, "I see you have a podcast. Would you like to be, you know, a guest on our podcast and everything?" You know, the Lord just orchestrated it, and it all came to be. But I know that we totally support what you're doing, and we just can't wait to see what the Lord does um, through Adorned Women. And we are here to continue to support you guys and can't wait to see what He does.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like Lily said, um, it's a lot of the similar stuff just with women's ministry. And I think it's just so cool that, you know, the Lord— picked us to do this stuff out of everyone. And it's just such a blessing to be able to be a witness and see what the Lord is going to do, but also just be able to spread the good news of who he is. Like, I think that's just such a great thing that we get to do. I think we forget how amazing it is sometimes like we're in the process of it. And it's like, wait, we get to literally share the gospel of who Jesus Christ is to other women and get to see like their relationship with him just grow. And it's just such a cool thing to be a part of, but thank you so much for coming on both the created. It was so wonderful just to hear your story of surrender and um, just how the Lord wrecked your plans and made them into something that you never thought you would be a part of. And I think that's, you know, he just proves himself time and time again when he does that in all of our lives. And I think this is going to encourage someone just walking through an unknown season of, okay, what's next? And just really realizing that they have to lay it at his feet and rely on his strength, not their own strength. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing that.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: We are going to go over to Flavor
1: of the Week, so stay tuned. Hey, y'all. It's time for Flavor of the Week. So to get us started, we're going to get started with our guest, Alicia. So Alicia, what is your Flavor of the Week this week? Uh, This week is Josh Wilson's Revolutionary. Yes! Give us a sneak peek. Such a good song. I love this song and I'm so glad that it's your Flavor of the Week. (laughs) What is your Flavor of the Week, Addison? My
0: Flavor of the Week is In Jesus' Name by Katie Nicole. Here's a sneak peek.
2: In Jesus name. I pray a today.
0: what is your flavor of the week lily
1: my flavor of the week this week is a song called death row by thomas Rhett and tyler hubbard and russell dickerson's also in it, it is a country song disclaimer but here's a sneak peek turns out he's a whole like I-
0: Is the ticket, and the
1: road is the road. Just a little backstory, it's about Thomas Ritt's, um experience going to talk to prisoners on death row and just talking about how um, Jesus is the key and he was just ministering to them. So it's a really good song if you have a chance to listen to it. Not going to lie, when I first heard that, I was like, wow, that's really country.
0: (laughs) But then I remembered the story behind it. So that's an awesome song. But that is it for our podcast episode this week. We're so excited to be back. Sorry we've been gone for two weeks. But thank you so much again for coming on. We loved your story and we're just so excited we got to talk to you. It's been a pleasure. Bye, you guys.